Excuse me, Veronica. <clears throat> yes, what is it, Brick? I would like to extend to you an invitation to the pants party. Excuse me? The party, the pants with the pants. Party with pants. Welcome back to the Pants Party Podcast. It is Harrison Starr and Ben Ross, Ren Boss, Harmon Chillabrew. Uh, we went through our annual monthly hiatus. Last week we were going to get back together, Ben, but uh, Cox Communication decided to shut down my internet until 10 p.m. Um, and, and so we didn't, but but here we are. How have you, how have you been? How, how is your April? April is good. You know, I think we should call this podcast the work commute because it's back and nobody asked for it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I think that <laughs> I feel like the monthly hiatus is a little bit closer to eight weeks than than four and a half. But I'm not complaining. Uh, no Internet. How 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 long we out of service for? The, the Internet here has been just wild. And and here is. My pet take. My pet take as a um, employee of a certain company headquartered in Bentonville, Arkansas, is that they have the residential internet flow in and out. And maybe this is a little conspiratorial, but by having the residential internet flow in and out to to your introductory point, Ben, the, the work commute, it brings you back to the office, back where... The internet is good, um, so it's it's been spotty of late, um, especially bad. Like the last maybe three to five weeks, just because storms have impacted it and whatnot. But that day it was probably like six to ten because I remember like we were texting, we were ready to get going, and then I text you when you're like, "Hey, ready to go?" I'm like, "Nope, internet's dead." So that that's that's where we're at. So let me get this straight. You are outlining a conspiracy where the the leadership of this company, let's call them, I don't know, the Daltons, are incredible, <laughs> are exerting their influence over big internet, small in internet. an effort to get Cox. No, Cox is in Xfinity. Just fair, fair fair yeah, Cox and Xfinity are the exact same company. They're just hiding it. Um, so you think you think that's what's going on? I don't. It's because I'm all aboard. It's a good. It's a good. Conspiracy. I will get the tinfoil right now. I like. I like the conspiracy. Personally, I think it's really probably just a function of having to divert it back. I don't think there's anything malicious. I think it's just been been weird. But it's been my conspiracy. I've said it. I'm gonna c- continue to say it. And if if it is truly the conspiracy that that you describe, um. I'm not sure it necessarily hits at like uh, eight to ten p.m. on a a, a weeknight, um, but I stand by I guess you're right. that. I stand by people going back to the office as a reason that the internet is lacking at home. Conspiracy or not, you would think it'd be like in the best interest of the Daltons to like try and lobby Google to get fiber. And every like in all the surrounding homes around them too, don't? Wouldn't you think? 
this is an incredible take, Ben, um, because yes, that would make a lot of sense. It would make a ton of sense. Um, the Daltons, as you say, have done work in the past uh, with Google. I think you can set up a, a, a Dalmart um, list on Google <laughs> Through, through your <laughs> okay, through your <laughs> we're gonna do that then. <laughs> okay, we've 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 peeled we'll we've peeled back the onion enough on on my employer, but uh, no, I mean, as you said, um, things have happened, things have not happened, but one thing that did happen that I texted you about this weekend was I went to a tiki bar in Dallas, Texas, called Swizzle. And Christine and I had the opportunity to, you know, put Elliot to bed, go hit the town for a, you know, solid couple of hours. And I ordered a tiki drink with Malort in it. And let me just say, Ben, it slapped. Um, yeah. The, do you want to elaborate? I've, I have the menu up. If you want me to read off. Yeah, you can do that. First of all, I want to make it clear. I've never heard of a swizzle drink before. Oh, they're fantastic. They're a lot of fun. Oh, so it's a real thing. Yeah. Yeah. So like this. What What are the core ingredients that comprise a swizzle? So really, the core ingredients that comprise a swizzle are the really, really, really like crushed ice and what they call a swizzle stick. What is a swizzle stick? So it's like a stick and then it's got prongs at the end of it. So then you like rub it together like you're trying to start fire and cast away. And it, at its best, will like create a, a froth on top of oh. the drink. I've tried it before with like a bar spoon. It's really tricky. It's really tricky. You really do need the. Is this something the bartender does for you, or yeah. you're expected to create your own froth yes. while master paying for this drink? Interesting. Yeah, so the bartender will swizzle it for you. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. Uh, so it's her, it's herbaceous bitter. It says oh. It's describing Malort as herbaceous and bitter, which it's one of those two things. Like I, <laughs> <laughs> um, some rum, some made-up word called falernum, yes. cream de mint, which is an ingredient in my favorite Christmas cookie my mom makes, Love uh, it. lime, and rich simple, which I assume is some proprietary simple syrup. It's the beauty of that, or the tragedy, rather, is when you text me that, I had been drinking, you text me at 10.09 p.m. Central, I had been drinking since like 3.30 due to a birthday party. And if the timing's right in my head, which I think it is, I was literally taking a Malort shot when I opened up the text from you, and I saw it was like a PDF of this menu, and I did the, I'm sorry that happened, or congrats meme in my own head, and just didn't respond to you until the next morning. <laughs> and had I have just not been a drunk asshole, we could have been sharing Malort, or we were sharing Malort at the same time. I mean, I th- um, as much as anything, like, I think it, it was kismet. Is that is that what they described? Like, it, it, yes. it said we need to get back because I was on the fence for it. I had initially ordered one of the Mai Tais, but then I... I thought, you meant, I thought you meant on the fence doing the podcast. <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. No, on, on the fence for the drink, I had originally ordered the Mai Tai, and then the bartender looks back at me, and he says, what was it that you wanted again? And I said, you know what? I will actually do it. I will do the Northside Swizzle. And um, what a decision it was. I do think, like, maybe it's just my palate is numb to Malort, the, the creme de menthe really kind of covered it up 
for, for my take. And then Christina took one single sip, not a, 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 a smaller sip. And she's like, nope, I can taste it. It's, it's horrible. I don't know how you drink this. So I guess I have the taste buds of the man who created that drink. And have I, speaking of conspiracies, have I outlined the Malort conspiracy on this pod recently? It's been a minute since we've talked about Malort, especially. So, I want to be recently. Uh, in like 2019 or 2020, they, Malort was produced in Florida for like 60 years for some reason. And then in 2019 or 2020, it came back to being produced in Chicago. And old people who smoke a pack of Camel Reds every single day say that the stills that they use aren't funky enough. And so it's not as bitter uh, as the Florida batches were. Some bars will sell of Sean Malort for like $3. or And some still have Florida batches, what they're called, and they sell them for like $8 a shot because they think there's a difference. And, dear listener, there is no difference. <laughs> it is wormwood. It is wormwood alcohol, which are two words that should never be together, because can you think of something more appetizing than wormwood? I cannot. And then adding alcohol to that? Who says no? Chicagoans. That's who. And, and Harrison. <laughs> and me. Somehow. Somehow. I, I, I'm not quite sure how that happened. Um... And I guess something else happened since we had last talked. I, I This was part of the reason I wanted to talk to you explicitly, was I wanted to discuss a new goal of mine, which is to dunk a basketball. And I think, like, <laughs> I think... <laughs> yeah, I read that, too. And I don't think I responded either. I was like, how old are or how tall are you? I'm about to turn 32 years old. I am... 5'11's on my driver's license. There's no human in real life who's actually 5'11. I'm convinced of this. I'm 5'10. Um, but but I sent I said this is my goal now. I sent you a TikTok of this guy who like does leg exercises. And what what sold me on it, he looks about the same height as me. What sold me on it was not just that he went up and dunked a singular basketball with one hand. He landed and then jumped back up. And this TikTok was just intoxicating. And I'm like, I'm going to learn how to dunk a basketball. But instead, what I'm doing is training for a marathon. And I think those two, excuse me, half marathon. I will never run a marathon. Half marathon. Um, I feel like those two, you know, desires are at odds. So the dunking a basketball goal is on, is uh, on ice but I'm going to make it the goal for my 33rd birthday is to dunk a basketball by my 33rd birthday. That was my number when I played basketball, 33. Once again, kismet speaking into the world and we shall see. Wasn't Larry Bird 33 too? Yeah. Yeah, he was. He was. A couple of things real quick. Yeah. I don't remember actually seeing this TikTok again. I've just gotten I'm kind of good at zoning you out. Was this guy Ricky Stanzi? No, it wasn't Ricky Stanzi. Okay. No. Second, marathon exciting. You want to come to Chicago and run the Big 10K with me? Oh, this is... A, so you, are you doing the Big 10K? Yeah, I'd like to. I think I am. Okay, what date is it? Do you know? July something or other. Cause I, the, I think it's the week after 4th of July. Oh, because we are running the Madison Half Marathon uh, July 23rd. Mm-hmm. Um, and let me see. 
I'll check out the training schedule. That might be fun. I'll, I'll see about that. Let's. And then there's another thing. Yeah, I can't remember. Here's so I thought I've thought for the longest time that I have the best joke about the Big Ten 10K and that it should be 14 kilometers. Yeah, and I posted that on Twitter. <laughs> Pretty funny. Zero traction. I saw that. <laughs> Zero traction. So I just had to say it here. I'll be honest. I, I read it and I knew it was from you. And it took me about 40 seconds to like. It took me like I don't get this, and then. I got the Big Ten, 14 teams, and yes. Yeah. And it hit. It was a slow burn, but I'd already scrolled past, and I wasn't about to go back and interact with it. Uh, fair enough. Well, I, I'm glad that I, I, I got you the second time around because that was – it's one of my favorite jokes. happens every year, and sadly, uh, n- no one seemed to like it on Twitter. So uh, I'll, I'll post a link to that tweet. Um and running races. We'll see. I'll see about that. Uh, otherwise, do you want to come up to uh, Madison the the two two or three weekends after? That could be fun. Uh, yeah, I could probably write it off for, as a work expense uh-huh. too, because my office is in Madison. Ah, uh-huh. uh-huh. there it is. There it is. We'll be that. We'll be there some of the the week after. So let's uh, let's take this convo offline. Um, mm-hmm. Was there anything else that you wanted to hit before we got into some of the the other stuff that kind of happened? Um, no, I guess before we do get into the other stuff, I'm ready. I just want to make it clear. It would be impossible to find someone who has followed less Iowa sports news between now and the loss to Richmond. Um, I... Probably all like an explanation to John or something or whatever. I've just tried to. I've read so little. I've spent so little time dedicating dedicating myself to Iowa sports since losing to Richmond in March uh, for March Madness. Uh, that that loss I said at the time. I think that's the last time we spoke was post that loss. Yeah, was, pretty much. That was the worst I've ever felt, and. Yeah. Um, I let I let the darkness overcome me, and I just tried to stay as far away from Iowa sports as I could. And it's been nice, you know. It's been really, really nice. I I've been people are dropping little things on me here and there, like somebody told me, "Oh, what do you think? Like, when's the Iowa spring game?" And I just like was like, "Iowa doesn't have a spring game," and like they're like, "Oh," and they kind of took my word at face value and like. I was able to end a potential entire conversation about Iowa football right then and there, and I was really proud of myself. And then this past weekend, somebody was like, what'd you think of Petrus in the spring game? And I was like, I don't know. And I guess he like went for seven for 16 for five yards. And I was like, are you surprised? Like, anyway, I'll, and then I was like, Iowa doesn't play a spring game. Anyway, I was still trying to tell him that. And he didn't really get it. Uh, so I guess... I don't know anything, and it's nice, and I'm ready for you to hold my hand. Yeah, uh, talk about whatever's been going on and everything I've missed. Yeah, so I think I have been in not necessarily a similar boat, but I, in the sense of a sentiment sentimentality about Iowa sports, I'm definitely in kind of the same boat in that you end March Madness. 
and it just the suddenness of it. And I think that's maybe part of the reason you allowed yourself to go to the dark place. And, and now we bring you back from that dark place. And to me, like Iowa spring football is like, it's just not a balm for the, the burns of the latest Iowa basketball loss. And like, I think we, we capped the season pretty well in that like, to, to me, it was as enjoyable a basketball season as there was, but it ended in a harsh way, and that's going to kind of guide the off-season discussion a little bit. And ideally, we would have had an exciting football spring thing to go through, but really what it comes down to, Ben, is, hey, Kirk Ferentz got up there and talked, and Spencer Petrus was the leader then. He was the leader at the end. Allegedly, there's a quarterback battle. Alex Padilla was injured for the first portion of spring practice. Um, so Labis got his shot with a little more time. But really, like... Uh, I actually didn't know that. What, yeah. is, what is Padilla's injury? It was n- nothing serious. I think it was just stuff okay. that, that he had to get treated on instead of practicing. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know if it had been reported what he actually had. Um, but like to, there's just not much excitement about it because I think, you know, both seasons ending the way that they did, it's like, ah, can we really get that up for, for a team that maybe peaked in, not just maybe peaked, but I I think almost certainly peaked in the way that Kirk Ferentz wants to play football. We will never see another we may see another 10 and four season like we just saw because we saw a 10 and two season in 2004 that I think is probably the right mirror of putrid offense, genuinely incredible defense, really good special teams, 10 wins. And I just don't know that this team can replicate it. Um, so, so I think that that's part of the reason that I was just like, ah, Let's just let spring football fizzle out, you know, and, and then we can can regroup when we start to get some of the fun stuff. And to me, some of the fun stuff are the early division odds that come out. I've got those pulled up. Um, and here's – have you looked at them, I guess, is the question. Uh, I know Nebraska had the second-best odds in the okay. West. Okay. The Big Ten. Okay. Um, and I know – Ohio State was like laughably high as a favorite. One two, one to two, minus two hundred. Yeah. Incredible. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I did want to kind of reset with the football because, to your point, like uh, the, the the other thing about spring football, everyone was injured. Like the whole linebacking trio was injured. Um, I think defensive linemen were in and out. Receivers were in and out. They had discussed, like, Petrus and, and Padilla were on uh, the McCaffrey's podcast. And um, they described, like, situations where they could barely even play, like, seven on seven. And it's like, oh, my God. Um, what? And I think Ferentz described it as, like, the, the worst spring that he had had in a long time. Um, but we do have odds. And Weird. And I kind of want to go through them, and I want to play this game, which is 
you have to order them with the odds that are set because I think there are there's just one team I am just I've been enamored with kind of since last year and I hate myself for it and I want you to throw cold water on it and, and that's really I think where we're gonna have the discussion. Is it Illinois? No, 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 no. Okay. No, we. I'll be down bad for Bert, but not <laughs> not just yet. Um, it's it's far more embarrassing. Um, but here, let me go ahead and get kind of a timestamp put in. I'm just producing producing uh, in in real time. Uh, While you do this, yes. I will say I've also been avoiding like reading, like I have I said multiple times where I'm sad about a sport or a team. I, I don't read any of their yeah. coverage when I'm happy. I read all of their coverage. I can, I just, as a whole have, have been avoiding like college football podcasts too, like the national shows just cause. So while eating dinner outside tonight, I turned on the solid <laughs> verbal for the first time in a month, five minutes in, they're talking about teams that won their theme on this week's pod was teams that have won five games this year. So they get to TCU is like I think the very first team they get to. Like yeah, with Gary pa- Gary, Gary Patterson, I just think you know when you get to a guy like that who's been at somewhere for twenty five years, you kind of be like, well, we got to do something new because what worked ten years ago doesn't work anymore. And I turned off the podcast <laughs> because <laughs> there is approximately one other team in the entire country you could say that about, and we're about to talk about that team. Yeah, yeah. So. Here are the odds as of literally last week, but still uh, for, for this case. Wisconsin, plus 185. Nebraska, plus 250. Purdue, plus 370. Iowa, plus 550. Minnesota, plus 900. Illinois, plus 3,300. Northwestern, plus 7,500. That's to win the West or to win the Big To time? win the West, yeah. Okay. Yeah, to win the West and... The one that immediately sticks out to me is Minnesota. Like, Mm. to me, them at plus 900, I think if you look at how they maneuvered the season with multiple running backs, and of course, I think they have some, some guys to replace along the offensive line. But Tanner Morgan is like... He's who I think we would prefer Spencer Petras to be like, right? Like enough legs, enough arm, enough savvy. I think it's a Spider-Man meme. I think okay. Minnesota okay. and Iowa have an anchor around their neck that is shaped like their quarterback. And okay. Like Tanner Morgan's regressed ever since his freshman year. And I, I bet, I know Minnesota fans wish he would have not stuck around for his seventh year mm. of college. Okay, and also they're running. I know their starter got hurt like second game of the year. The incredible running back, uh, Mohamed Ibrahim, that's his name, right? Yeah, they're the backup who carried the vote for him. Um, I know his last name was Irving, not Kyrie, uh, but he transferred, right? Didn't he? Like the guy, the true freshman who carried the vote for him this past year left. Yeah, because he was like the fourth string though. Like so, they were down. Yeah, yeah, they were he, was, he was a still four star yeah. running back from Chicago. I'm pretty sure. Fair enough. Fair enough. But they have they have Ibrahim back, and I and, and I think to me it's it feels so weird to say, but I actually think Minnesota has the second best identity of any offensive team in the West. I think Wisconsin's number one; they're going to stay number one, right? 
but I think Minnesota has really done a nice job of being a total take the air out of the ball type of team, just grade you up front, have a running back that you can plug and play. And I think that part of the reason they're at that plus nine, 900 is, is losing the, the big right tackle. I, I think he's leaving both figurative and literal yeah. large shoes to fill. But I don't know. Like I, I look at them and I think they, they beat Iowa last year, a game when we discussed in the aftermath of it was there for their taking. And I, I don't know. I, I think that the what ifs, there are easier what ifs to be like, what if Minnesota's better? And I can kind of get to them winning a, a Big Ten West title, certainly ahead of Nebraska, probably Purdue, I think even Iowa. I mean, the problem, I'm going to go back, old dog, old tricks. I'll believe when I see it. PJ Flex never beaten Kirk Ferentz. I, I do agree with you. Like, I understand why you're high um, on them. You know, it kind of feels like this chips are kind of falling for Fleck, you know, unquestionably as much as we want to say he's a snake oil, oil salesman. You know, he, he knows what he's doing. He's a good coach. I'm really – I can't call him a great coach because he hasn't beaten Kirk Ferentz yet. I just can't. Uh, but he's putting guys in the NFL, uh, beaten, I think, everybody but Ohio State. Maybe Michigan either, but I know he's beaten Penn State multiple times. And and Wisconsin, for that matter. And Wisconsin in very important games. Like I think he beat he's beaten Wisconsin at least twice, and I don't think Glenn Mason ever beat Wisconsin twice post um, like 2002 or 2003. I'd have to look that up, but um, the the problem is like again, believe when I see it. Who's to say Muhammad Ibrahim isn't like an injury prone running back? And you know, I, I that Marquis Serving running back I mentioned earlier, he went to, he transferred to Oregon. Yeah, you can't tell me that's going to be end up being a bit without even looking at their running back depth. You can't even tell me that's not going to be a big loss for them. Uh, finally. Most important thing, PJ Fleck. I don't know if you've seen this. Got some serious plastic surgery done in the off season, and <laughs> I guess if his if it's going to be tough for him to rally his players around him with a whole, whole entirely new freaking face uh, in that locker room. But uh, yeah, you know, it, it's just going to be tough for me to try and get to try and get behind behind that team. And really, uh, we say this every year. Yeah, and it, this is this it's, this happens all the time. I mean, this happens all the time with Nebraska. Like, wh- how and why can they be get better odds than Iowa? Again, ne- has never beaten Iowa, has never had a winning record under Scott Frost, <laughs> and you put give them second best. Is, they, were they above Purdue or below Purdue? Above Purdue, in Wisconsin. You give them the Nebraska, second Purdue. second best odds to win the to win the West when they haven't even sniffed a winning record in the West, like. I just don't get it. Is there running? Is there quarterback going to be the guy that played against Iowa last year? No, it, Martinez. It, Martinez went to Kansas State, and I think that's yeah. that is like the Tanner Morgan Minnesota situation you described. Like I think, the, I, I think Minnesota is a better environment than Nebraska. Not even yes. close. Yeah, um, like, but it's the it's the if, Texas if Martinez. 
I think if Martinez could be if Martinez and like Morgan, if Martinez was on Minnesota for, for the years Morgan oh, yeah. was, Minnesota would would win the West without question. That's a, that's a great um, point. I'm sorry, but who is Nebraska's quarterback? Casey be? Thompson, the Texas transferred kid. from Texas. Like how are they? Yes, how are they getting these guys? I mean, I, I think what has to be exciting, right? And this is the case for for them is. Utah, those nine losses were all by single possessions, and they were all in various dumb ways, almost not exclusively tied to Adrian Martinez, but closely tied to Adrian Martinez. Well, yeah, I would beat them in the dumbest way imaginable Yeah, Martinez didn't play in that game. Yeah. Um, but the, the case is that it's going to swing – a little bit. And like that's also the case for Iowa being plus five fifty. I think I think that's a fairer odd than Nebraska. I would I would have put Nebraska, maybe Purdue and Iowa all kind of in that plus four hundred range. But I think just the the echo chamber about Brian Ferentz, the unwillingness to let Nebraska be uh what do I call it? Not a liability on a casino because they are, they remain a public team. So like they're going to get some of those odds uh, hilariously in their favor. But I don't know. Like, I mean, I think there's a case like their, their defense wasn't bad last year. Like they've slowly kind of turned into a big 10 West team. And I don't know if that's a compliment necessarily, but but like if you don't yeah, have a, if you have a quarterback who doesn't make mistakes it it can get you far right i mean that's what happened that was the case for iowa last year mm-hmm. yeah. so um sorry hold on can you gosh dang it my siri just came on can you hear me uh yeah i can hear you okay um I don't know, man. Like, I just don't know how these odds makers can just be like, it's Wisconsin and then Iowa if Wisconsin trips on its own shoelace and then and then Purdue. <laughs> like, like truly, I, I simply don't understand how they aren't going to, you know, um, or, and even throw Minnesota into that mix too. Uh, again, I just don't get – I, I, I thought – the Nebraska turd couldn't be polished anymore. And I, I just thought wrong. Yeah, yeah. They, they once again won the offseason, right? I mean, like, they're they're undefeated in the offseason. I, I feel like we've made that joke before. And also... They hired a special teams coordinator, so... From where? Not Iowa, so not okay. afraid. And then also, like, that, that should be taken into account is, like, Graham Mertz is still on Wisconsin, right? What are they going to do about that? Hand the ball to Jalen Berger. Okay. <laughs> All right. Yeah, I mean, that's a good answer. That's kind of, I mean, John Stocko did that. Other, Joel Stave did that. There's plenty of other forgettable quarterbacks. Alex Hornibrook did that. Is uh, maybe the dirty little secret might be the the wrong word, but like Northwestern's way too low, right? Like plus plus seventy five hundred is 
offensive. So I was I didn't have to read. I opened up whatever it was like pointsbet.com that plays yeah. those odds for the entire Big Ten. And I think the very first comment was don't discount Fitzgerald in an even-numbered year. <laughs> and I didn't do enough research to go back and look, but it's like I do think Northwestern – I thought North, after I said it's not Illinois, is it, uh, for the team you were in love with, I thought you were going to pick Northwestern. It's interesting. Like, Thank God we get them at home this year. That's, not that that really matters. No, I mean, they lost that, <laughs> oh, yeah, that 2018 yeah. game. Thank God that was my bachelor party. It would have ruined it if I actually watched it. Um, yeah, I mean, it's just kind of weird. Like, uh, t- to me, I, I don't know where I saw it. I think it might have been in the replies on one of these tweets. I got in some back and forth. It should just be a six-sided die. Like, <laughs> what would that be like? Uh, would it just be like, Plus 650, like everyone's plus 650. We're not going to, we're going to try and get an equal amount of money on literally every team. Um, But they would never do that. That would just be way too chaotic. Yeah, I mean, yeah, agreed. And again, I just, I feel ill-equipped to really speak further on. Okay like preseason predictions, I guess, other than like if we want to talk about Tyrone Tracy overs when he's on Purdue, take all of them. <laughs> probably. Probably. Yeah. Um, the other odds thing I wanted to talk about is um, both Iowa and Iowa State are over under 7.5. And this brings me back to the discussion that I had with uh, – uh, or that we had way back in the day where it was like, um, what are the, uh, sorry, my wife just walked in the room. What wasn't, wasn't Brock Purdy Mr. Irrelevant? Was that it? Brock Purdy was Mr. Relevant. But the thing I was thinking about was, uh, when we were discussing Iowa, Iowa State, Indiana, how many teams are actually going to hit the over of their weird win totals? I think it was 8.5. And I think we're, there again with Iowa and Iowa State. I think only one of those teams gets over 7.5. I think it's Iowa. There's no way Indiana gets over, is that what you said? Gets over that? No, I was thinking the discussion oh. we had like at the beginning oh, of the last okay. season. Oh, beginning of the year, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I haven't looked at Iowa. I don't know anything about Iowa State this year. I know um, their incredible running back left. I know Brock Purdy left, who was not incredible at quarterback despite being selected in the NFL draft. Um, <laughs> I, and I know more, most important of all, Matt Campbell has what, Harrison? Never beaten Kirk Ferentz. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I yeah. So I think that, to me, I, this is co-opting a, a take Thad has had, but he thinks they get better at quarterback this year. And I'm liable to agree with that. Is that saying a lot? Isn't that like saying Iowa gets better at quarterback this year? If I felt better about either of the backups looking like Hunter Deckers, just from a Fair enough. pure f- football standpoint, hey, maybe uh, maybe the freshman will come in. Not even Lavis. May will come in and, and turn some Carson heads. May. Was Deckers a four-star guy? Wasn't he highly touted? He had some interesting offers, as I recall. I think TCU offered him. No, I'm thinking about Max Dugans, another Iowa quarterback who went elsewhere. Iowa is just like so 
unconcerned with recruiting quarterbacks uh, from within the state, it seems like. Oh, well. Well, look at the guy from Michigan State who, from Dowling, um, incredible, Rocky Lombardi. Yeah. I didn't even, I feel like I would kind of rolled over on his yeah. recruitment. And now he's playing for Illinois State or Northern Illinois or some school. Yeah, Northern Illinois. Okay. I mean, it's the first time I've ever letting Kirk off the hook for something, I think. Yeah. Uh, so that that's that, Ben. I, I'm not sure there's much else to discuss unless we want to discuss how uh, an unpaid assistant is uh, revamping the way Iowa quarterbacks think about uh, things. So that quarterback coach is truly, he's unpaid. What's his, uh, Budmeyer. John Budmeyer, I Bud believe Meyer, his first yeah. name. Yeah. He's actually unpaid. Allegedly. Like, I said this somewhere. Like, where's all this money going that Kirk Ferentz's new uh, contract put in for their, uh, for the assistants? Like, the assistant pool went up, but Ken O'Keefe was replaced with someone. I think Bud Meyer's probably not getting paid because I think there is a limit on how many people you can pay. He could be an analyst and paid, right? Like, I mean, oh, like the Alabama thing. Yeah, I guess yeah. you're right. That's a good point. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe, maybe it's something that'll kick in when the fiscal year starts. That, that, that's what I'm holding out hope for from a just weird math standpoint. So, I doubt it. I highly you're giving him way too much credit. Uh, fair enough. Fair enough. All right. The other thing I have here is. Scheduling changes and and or NIL. Uh, do you want to discuss NIL at all? No, I, I realize some weird le- legislation got passed like last night or two days ago. I haven't really concerned myself with it because I said at the start of it, when it kind of seemed like the Wild West, it will kind of correct itself. I don't think this is correcting itself, but I said it will correct itself either through maturity and that people will just get used to the system and figure out how it's supposed to work or through legislation. And this isn't really what I had in mind when I said through legislation um, after reading like half of an article about what happened. But uh, I guess, uh, no, not, uh, my perception of what's going on hasn't changed. Iowa, I think at first is what I thought and what I said it will suffer from the NIL rules in the first two, three years of it going on, and eventually we'll figure out a way, um, either by itself or through the system itself, it it will be able to maybe not compete, but hold its own, I think, in the field of NIL. And I guess I did see a tweet today where it's like, what is one crazy NIL thing you want to see happen that won't happen but is plausible? And they used five-star quarterback transferring to Iowa as the example in the tweet and it gave me a good chuckle and it's like Iowa hasn't benefited from NIL yet. And they also, it also hasn't hurt them. So, I mean, I, I feel like you kind of have to be happy with that. Yeah. I mean, I think the, the, I think we learned with Theo Akuba, which was a, a transfer that Iowa was potentially in on that. And I, for basketball NIL did not sway him in the direction of Iowa. I think a lot of things went into him selecting Ole Miss, primarily being half the distance from home, his hometown, as he was in Louisiana. To me, that's the number one thing that swayed it. People can stand up the straw man of NIL. Maybe it could have swayed it. 
I do think like the dollars that could potentially be involved for Chris Murray returning, I think that there's some, if he could get what, 200 grand to play basketball at Iowa, does that outrank being a second round draft pick and likely a year in the G League? that may be some of the calculus that he has to go through. I think he's got a pretty big decision ahead of him and we'll probably get to that discussion. Before you keep going, yeah. that, that's a hypothetical. There's yeah. no way he's making 200 grand at Iowa. There's absolutely no way. I mean, here, here's the case is like, I think they could probably figure out a way to piece stuff together to 200 grand. I don't think like an Iowa collective is going to pop up and say, here's $200,000, Chris. But I think, you know, through endorsements and whatnot, he could probably get something close to that. And his value as an endorsee or an endorser, excuse me, is highest in Iowa City right now, right? Like uh, maybe he could get an equivalent amount um, later, but right now, I mean, I I think that that's probably it, but we'll see. I mean, maybe Hy-Vee tries to do the thing that they did with Caitlin Clark with Chris Murray, but they're going through their own. Their own issues. Uh, Lane off. I know. Sad. As a former Ivy employee, sad to read. Yep, yep, yep. Um, so that that's some NIL stuff. But the scheduling things that has popped up was something that Chris Benini reported, and it was kind of weirdly worded as a as a tweet. But like the requirements for conference championship games are going away, so like you don't have to necessarily be set up as divisions and. The ACC looks like they're going to move to uh, a potential change in how they're set up. And to me, I think Scott Dockerman has been on this well before anyone in terms of every Big Ten team having three annual rivals and then rotating the other 10 teams off and on year after year. To, To me, that just it seems way too easy, Ben, which means that they probably won't do it. Yeah, it seems like a very oddly specific and like strange thing. I kind of feel like, at least with the Big Ten, what's what they got going on is okay. I think in a perfect world, if we would trade like Michigan State for Illinois, Northwestern, you know, take your pick. Um, with the ACC, I feel like it's kind of what they've already been doing. I thought do they. Have they always had a championship game? I don't even know. No, so they kind of, they've always had yeah. a championship game. I mean, the requirements for having like divisions. I think mm. so. Like you could, you don't have to have divisions. You can just take the two top oh, teams. So that is that what the Big Twelve used to be, or is the Big Twelve now is the two top teams? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I think what it would allow is every other school or every other conference to replicate the big 12. And to me, like the immediate beneficiary of it, in my opinion, is probably Penn state. And the number one loser of it is probably Wisconsin. Yeah. I think big 10's got a good thing going and tell you what, I think Wisconsin heavily outranks, outranks Penn state when it comes to, uh, numbers of votes when it comes to things like this. Uh, and uh, even though, like, the alumni base is gigantic for, like, truly 
unbelievable to wrap your head, head around for Penn State, just Wisconsin is, uh, I think people do give them the Barry Alvarez home, is able to throw, throw his weight around, even from the grave, he'd be able to do that. And, and for, I mean, there's plenty of good reasons for that, too. But that's Again, a good point, because I think Barry Alvarez is technically a Big Ten consultant now. So he'll he'll do everything he can to keep things. I think that I think they would go try and do something that I described earlier before reverting to this. Try and trade Penn State or Michigan State for really Nebraska, Illinois, Northwestern, Purdue, like, and really I'd be fine with that. Honestly, it makes sense. Like I wouldn't like it as an Iowa fan, but as like as an objective observer of college football, like the West and East have been heavily outbalanced at all. And even, even adding Michigan state or Penn state won't totally, it'll do, it'll do a pretty good job. I think of tipping the scales in closer proximity to one another. Yeah. I guess. The other and that's not, so, and, that, and that's not something I've ever seen discussed by the way, either. Like there's never, I've never seen serious chatter of, a, a swapping of teams between divisions, which I think is kind of weird. I think it's because they're just so married to the the East versus West, not doing what the SEC does with the single protected rival. And so basically seven games are locked in every single year and you're just rotating that sixth, that eighth game every six years you're playing that same team. I don't like that at all, but it works for the SEC. Yeah, not not for us. Alrighty, so maybe the final topic for us is basketball, the draft. Keegan Murray, um, Keegan Murray, uh, looking in the top five or six everywhere that we see. Uh, one I saw for SI.com, uh, Jeremy Wu. He went through like five or six different uh, potential drafts. Uh, top draft orders and Keegan Murray went to Indiana every single time. So I think that that's probably the floor on where he goes, whether it's sixth or seventh or, or whatever. Um, but the discussion is Chris Murray recently invited to the combine and like credit to him. Like, I think that, you know, he's certainly an NBA caliber player, but I do think it, it's, kind of stretching on a little longer than maybe some people have, have expected. But um, I guess, do, do you have any Chris Murray takes? No, I mean, he should be doing exercise in his right. He should take this opportunity to, I mean, because it's basically a free opportunity to go back and learn things and then put them to use in your next season too, right? The Pacers, I guess, I don't know enough about the NBA, NBA where it's like, if that, if he gets drafted there, is that a death sentence to his career? No, I think the, sa- the same way. Like, I don't think the NBA is like the NFL where it's like, I, I truly think um, Clemson quarterback who got drafted by the Jags. I don't know. I can't remember. Like, I think he's screwed. Like it's so sad, but like he, his career is done for. Um, so like, I don't think that happens in the NBA, but still like, is it, I know like the Kings going there is like the worst thing that could possibly happen so it can't be worse than that right 
No, the, the, you're exactly right. The Kings is the number one worst option just because they are chronically like up shit creek without a paddle. I, I think Indiana, the, the case is that like they already have they have a star in Tyrese Halliburton or budding young star in Tyrese Halliburton. They have guys who were injured last year who are going to be presumably healthy this year. So the case for them is that they're drafting Keegan Murray more for fit, which is probably to his benefit, right? Because if, if they're better than their draft order is, then him going on to a better team is probably better for his his prospects, as you say, like not getting the death sentence of Jacksonville, like Trevor Lawrence or whoever gets drafted by the Kings, because I think that, you know, those are two teams you never want to to necessarily get drafted to. And I think like Indiana is kind of a cool place to get drafted. Like just because it makes, so it just makes too much sense for Indiana, a basketball college basketball, you know, state to draft the best player in college basketball last year. Yeah. I, I'm not sure if I'm, I'd be ready to get a, a Murray Pacers jersey yet, maybe a jersey, but I, I would like to see him. And and then who who runs the Pacers organization? That's a good question. Rick Carlisle is their coach. Um, I know that I know that name, so that's like that's good. I think that's good, right? Probably a good thing. Yeah, I think I know his name for the right reasons. Yeah, uh, or yeah. like he's been fired a lot, so it's probably wise. I know his name. Oh, Kevin Pritchard. I don't know okay. that you would know him, but I have no idea who that is. That guy's been around for a long time, and uh, guess where he went to college? Kansas. Okay, so everyone guessed that. Yeah, didn't let me answer. I didn't let you answer at all. Okay, that was really I, I was going to get wrong. Um, career highlights: uh, NCAA champion, nineteen eighty-eight. Um, okay. So I think for, for Chris Murray, what we'll be watching is, does he actually go to the draft combine? To your point, it would seem silly not to go. Um, but Kenyon Murray kind of peeled peeled it back somewhere, and he was like, the thing that declaring for the draft allows him to do is it allows him to be um, prepared by NBA-caliber trainers, nutritionists, etc., and this isn't to say that Iowa doesn't have those same resources, but Iowa doesn't really have those same resources. It's just good. I think it's just good to get fresh eyes too. Like somebody is able to say, Hey, you do this under dribble drive that, that somebody, you know, nothing against Fran and his staff, but if they haven't been able to identify, you know, you don't, I always say like, I'm open to criticism. You don't know if you, how do you know some, you smell nobody. You, you only know if you smell, if somebody tells you, Right, so same thing with uh, those types of flaws. If you have same thing about you know if you have something in your teeth, um, so it's just good to get a second pair of eyes, and I can't fault them. And it's just as we're you know I, I talk about how I took such a hiatus from Iowa sports because of this. I, I don't mean but this failure in the postseason, and now we're talking about two NBA caliber guys that were on that team that lost to Richmond, like. It's not really helping. <laughs> it's not really making me want to come running back with open arms to 
to embrace another season of Iowa sports. No, no, but I, I think that's fair. Uh, it was something, it was a sentiment Bart had also in the Slack. He was like, oh my God. Like, especially when you combine. What did he say? He was like, like, we've we, got we, two NBA players and well, we, we had to make a Richmond. Now four NBA draft picks over the last two seasons and only winning one, one game. That's the way it goes sometimes. Like, I mean, it just stinks. But to your point, it's like, ah, th- th- this is this is why I w- went into the wilderness, um, which I yeah, guess really is is what it is. But uh, we're back. I think you and I maybe need to get creative with trying to figure out how we can keep this going every other week. I think it's probably how we how we manage this until we get into the the throes of preseason football. But um, good getting back back together ben uh hope you're doing well is a bachelor going on i could like watch some of it and not even we we don't even have bachelor content yet like the the thing people are getting into right now though is like f1 and i i just can't add things to to my rolodex of what i want oh here here, uh, do you have an f1 take i want to give you the space i did try drive for drive to survive i think i got in too late so I wasn't like I still appreciate like the racing and the the drama of it. Like I think that truly is reality television. And I don't mean that really as pejorative, it's just a classification of it. I've got some friends who are incredibly into it, who went to the one and to the race in Texas and you know like I, I've got a friend who missed part of like this I went to this birthday party on Saturday where I started drinking. He missed part of it because of the qualifying race like that is i think that's embarrassing but anyway like so i'm i'm relatively adjacent to the discourse and my biggest issue is like i was listening to a different uh, more generic sports podcast that i still listen to throughout this hiatus and the guy the host was more or less like i don't understand why americans are so into this because it's not like there's no like bootstraps like there isn't there are, there are no bootstrap stories in f1 like there are in nascar with like the Earnhardt's being raised on a dirt right road and everything, it's like you're a team McLaren, you're a team BMW, you're a team Mercedes, and like your dads either helped fund a, a coup in South America or or racers themselves or are board members on Mercedes or like in the case of one guy who got shunned, like is a, just a Russian oil baron, like so it's just weird that Americans I think have like gravitated towards a sport that has absolutely zero rakes to riches story. Um, rakes to riches stories within it. But I, I appreciate the spectacle. I think it's funny. I think the guys are funny. I think, I think it's way more, I think it's more entertaining than, than NASCAR for sure, which is yeah. more important than anything. Like, I think this is much more, I think it's much more difficult to, to drive one of these cars than uh, a stock car race. And I can appreciate, appreciate that for sure. I appreciate that. The tracks are not just ovals, but again, yes. th- there's there's nothing in. I say this as someone who's who's gone to the Indy Five Hundred like five years running too, and I'm going yeah. again this year. Like, I enjoy the Indy Five Hundred, but I don't watch IndyCar. Like I just go to that race and I have fun and I get drunk and then I leave. Like it's yeah. just something I do during the day. Sounds sounds about right. Time to time to dust off those cutoffs. I do have a bone to pick though with Netflix. Somehow, sex education has been out for like three seasons and they never recommended it to my wife or I. And 
we've watched two episodes so far. Just so up our alley. Absolutely hilarious. Uh, couldn't get into it. The, the kid spoke. It. The kid spoke way too openly with his. His mom was a sex educator, right? Oh yeah, so, oh, did that... spoke way too op- way spoke way too openly about sex with his mom, and I just couldn't absolutely couldn't relate, so I turned it off. You could. Oh, I thought you were about to say you related too much. <laughs> oh God, no, absolutely not. I think my mom probably still thinks I'm a virgin, and yeah, I'd like to keep it that way. <laughs> uh, that's hilarious. That is hysterical. Have you been watching the Lakers show? Uh, I um, got uh, I took Jerry Jerry West's side, so I decided to to sit that one out. I no watch. way, really? Yeah, yeah. Did uh, you read the book? No, should I read? The, I have okay. been reading books though. Um, I, I've I have read five so you. far. Uh, oh my god! This year, uh, I'm I'm trucking in. I read one book called The Unhoneymooners, which um, was 400 pages, and I bought it because I wanted an easy, hilarious read, and it was a nice little rom-com, and that was way out of my comfort zone, and I really enjoyed it. So that's what I, I did this pick, weekend, Ben. I wouldn't pick up a 400-page book and call it an easy read. Light read, by the, okay. if that makes sense, right? I mean, mm-hmm. technically 400 pages is heavier, but it's it's. I would light say not, nothing to... Uh, intellectually intensive. Yeah. Um, also watch Bridgerton. You know, I I, I just this okay. time of year I I pay the we have very the, different tastes in television. Well, I don't know if we have different tastes, but you and my wife have different tastes. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> <laughs> That's so, funny. Uh, for for uh, I guess any any closing thoughts? No, I, I will say I've been because the. Timberwolves were in the NBA playoffs for the second time of me being an adult in my entire life and like the fourth time overall of my entire life. I watched some entire like NBA games for the first time and maybe not exaggerating since the um, LeBron James Cleveland um, Golden State series. I think that, that was the last time I watched a full game, NBA game in its entirety. And I was surprised by it was what I thought college basketball was. Like, it was so much more aggressive and physical than what I remember the NBA being. It feels like that in college basketball traded in the time because I feel like college basketball has gotten infinitely more, and maybe just the Big Ten, infinitely more ticky-tack and less aggressive and less physical and the NBA, at least during the, I haven't watched any series after the Wolves losing, but at least in that series, like the referee, they let they let him play. I heard like John Morant just got his ankle torn out from him, and nobody did, and they and like and nothing bad happened. Like I know Draymond Green is still hitting guys in the nuts, and he's getting he's missing games for that as he should. But uh, I was just very surprised by the physicality of it, and I understand why it's so popular. I suppose I have been missing out a little. Yeah, I, I, I'll i probably hop back for the conference finals here in a week or so. Uh, but until then, uh, sex education and weird conversations between a, a son and his mother. And I get to watch the Wild lose a pivotal game at home. Again. Oh, is that what? Is that why we wanted to, to get this get this uh, started at the time we got it started? Yes, a little bit. Alrighty. But we're already down one nothing. so oh, I'm what's sorry, the point? Ben. What's the point? Comebacks happen, Ben. That's the point. 
already Seriously. for for uh, Chillabrew, Ben Ross, for for myself. Go Hawks! Let's go Wild!